This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into episode 70 of the Level Flight Podcast. We've got a full crew here today. We all had to be here for episode 70, another milestone. Um, Brian and I did the LFP live on Sunday, but Elliot is back here today. Fellas, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Uh, And I mentioned this at the end of the last episode, uh, or at the end of the LFP live. Um, We were just about at our truly our biggest month we've ever had. And we surpassed it almost immediately after uploading yesterday. And uh, yeah, that, that put me in a pretty great mood. So yeah. we're good over here. I mean, the weather sucks. Trying to get around is uh, a pain, but you know, it's the perks of living in this city and you know, you just got to grind your way through it. Just like last night's game. It's just, it, it, it's a, it's a long season, Elliot. It's, it's a grind. Oh you know? boy. You just got to get okay. away with it. Just got to get the two points, you know, <laughs> quickly on the weather. Walking to school today, there's like half a foot of snow. Under the snow, there's ice. And I'm wearing a hoodie, no toque, and no mitts, and I feel warm. I'm like, what is going on here? There's snow up to my ankles with ice under it. And I'm not even wearing a jacket or toque in February, and I feel warm. I'm like, what is going on? It's nuts. But uh, yeah, it snowed overnight, and... It was, it was warm. It was plus like four today. It made no sense. Anyways, it's, it's let's talk about tonight too. So, oh yeah, it is yeah. dropping. Well, no, a weather podcast. It's just, yep. yeah, meteorology. That's what we're here. Level flight weather. Let's do it. No, um, another one of the five different podcasts we're running on this one podcast. <laughs> new new program. Yeah, no. The Winnipeg Jets did play a game. We we did the LFP live Sunday morning, but they played that night. Defeated the Arizona Coyotes four to three in overtime. Kyle Connor with the overtime winner. Um, another game against a bad team. They that was their twelfth straight loss. The Arizona Coyotes, and it was another game where the Winnipeg Jets could have easily lost. They lost the analytical battle. They lost the Corsi expected goals, high danger chances, whatever you want to look at. Especially in the third period, they got dominated for tw- for the last twenty minutes. Um, and honestly, frankly. They're lucky that they won that game. Uh, Connor Hellebuck played fantastic, especially, again, in the final 20 minutes. But, again, they come away with the two points, so I guess you can't really criticize them that much. Um, Brian, what what did what did you see from this game uh, kind of late Sunday afternoon, early Sunday evening? Jets come away with the OT, OT win. Firstly, I don't care. I'm going to criticize them all I want. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair. Can we Same. stop letting bad teams hang around when, like, very clearly – you have the ability to, you know, beat the hell out of them. Like truly, like the bed, it's not like, like Arizona has any sort of like definitive plan of attack that you can't just counter. Um, and they jumped on them in the first period and dominated yeah. the first. Yeah, yes. they were I up mean, three one. Like, they, like, <laughs> yeah, like, but no, like it. It was so frustrating to see 
uh, such a great first period. And then it was just like they abandoned anything that was working. Um, and uh, we just watched the top line get absolutely caved again. And I mean, power play and three on three goals from obviously that line, which mm-hmm. it pads the stats, but it's it's very much masking the issue at hand, um, which that's the thing. I'm like, I'm conflicted because I'm so happy they managed to claw that victory away from what I thought was going to be a loss to a bad team. And that's two two games in a row now. I'm like, can we stop letting them do this? But I wish that it was just someone else other than Kyle Connor who scored it purely because it's you just from what you can like tell based on what he's saying, it seems like bonus is just like, well, they're producing. So that's yeah. why. Yeah. So he looks at the stats uh, in terms of, oh, they scored not looking at whether the fact that it was, you know, two goals on the power play or an overtime winner. Um, and he's justifying it with that. And I'm sure we'll get to it, but man, did I hate his comment on um, the yeah. top line last night? I, it was, that was very frustrating, but yeah, that was, that's where my thoughts are. Great win. Uh, after a very frustrating, you should have beaten them, you know, into the ground sort of game. Yeah. I think I'm going to disagree and say that was not a good win. Um, I they bad win. You, it, it was, <laughs> and there is a thing. It's a bad win. That was a bad win. Like I yeah. really was. To be quite honest with you, when the game went to overtime, I was kind of hoping a little bit. This sounds really bad, but I was kind of hoping that they were going to lose the game so they give their heads a little bit of a shake. Because you can't, you can't deserve to win a game when you play that badly in the third period. You just barely scrape by to get overtime let alone the goal you score is because you get a gift from two players who I guess just ran into each other and didn't know the other person was there. And you get a three on one against a forward who doesn't know how to play defense. Like I was sitting there and I'm watching this happen and they're coming three on one down. And I looked to everybody I was seeing at the game with, and I'm like, okay, if they don't score here or like, I don't know what you do. If, if Kyle Connor does not <laughs> score that, I don't know. Like, what do you do? I, I don't know. I, I just thought that the first line, obviously, as Brian mentioned, was not good. Um, I That third period wasn't great. And um, Kyle Connor needs to not sell E when he scores an overtime winner after not playing very good all game. Um, that's, hey, man, come on. Come on. He's got he's got to sell you that. I don't care if you score an overtime winner. I don't care if you score an overtime winner against the Vancouver Canucks on home ice to win the one seed in the West or against the Arizona Coyotes, it's an overtime winner. Like you gotta, you gotta get down on one knee and fist pump that thing. I'm all over that. I see. I have a little bit of a different philosophy on that, but that's okay. That, that, that's my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, if you even look on money puck, it says the Coyotes as 70%, like deserved a window meters is 70, 30 in the Coyotes favor. Like, yeah. I know they have a couple players. Like obviously they have you have Nick Schmaltz, you have Clayton Keller, you've got other you have good players on that team. Like that team at one point was chasing for a playoff spot. Like right. this isn't a team that has no pulse, right? But you you need to win that game decisively, and the Jets just didn't do it. And they're definitely a desperate team. Like I said, they came yep. in losing eleven straight. Like they were motivated. They're trying to get a win, like get a good feeling in that room. Um but you brought up the point of you were kind of almost hoping that they'd lose that game so that uh, they could like snap out of it and be like, wow, we're not playing well enough and like kind of realize the ramifications of what's going on. While I do agree with that sentiment, I'd rather it come 
like Thursday against Dallas, a team oh, that you're really with, if you get blown out of the building 5-1, then you're like, all right, here we go. Like against Arizona, you could be like, oh, Sunday afternoon, like, you know, Arizona, we took them lightly, but we have no concerns. We're, we're fine with how we're playing. Dallas is like a, you know, measuring stick, litmus test, whatever uh, adjective or whatever, however you want to describe it. Um, that's one of those games. And if you go into that game and uh, get shelled at five on five and Connor Hellebuck can't stand on his head and you lose four, nothing or four, one, that's the kind of game where you're like, all right, we need to reevaluate where we're at because those are the kind of teams you're going to have to beat a month and a half from now, not Arizona. And I feel like, like just the human element of it, you lose to an Arizona, you could make a lot of excuses like, eh, whatever. We're not going to, we're not worried about Arizona in a sense, but you're worried about Dallas. And if you get smoked by Dallas, then, then that's what's going to happen. Um, Quickly. I do want to bring up some stats on the top line. You guys both brought up the fact that um, they got shelled once again at five on five. They scored four goals. I don't think they've had a positive game since I was, I was going to bring that together. Up. So they were put together. Um, I believe five or six games ago, they were put together like halfway through one game. So I didn't really count that one, but the Vancouver game, um, they had a 45% expected goals percentage. They took over that game in the third period, 45%. I'm willing to kind of write that off as like a draw. Um, like that's, that, that's fine, whatever. Um, and you, you produce, that's fine. Then the, the next four games, 20.9% against Calgary, 18.7% against Minnesota, 27 against Chicago and 28 against Arizona. All that's all expected goals percentage at five on five. You can't have that from your top line. Simply put like I, the, the fourth, the, you're sorry, the four goals that they scored against Arizona. Great. The power play is coming around. The special teams is winning them some games at three on three. They're dynamic. Don't split these guys up on the power play or in overtime. They're as dynamic as anyone with an, a man advantage or open ice. That's fine. Five on five structured play. They're really struggling right now. Rick bonus said um, before the game Sunday, or I believe it was Saturday or Sunday that he, he sat down with that line and said, basically, I expect more out of you guys. I know you're better than this um, at five on five. And then, they come into that Arizona game. They score four goals, a few on the power play, uh, one in overtime, one at even strength. Mark Shifley got that one uh, to open the game, but they weren't any better at five on five. And I think that this is a concern going forward. And against a team like Dallas, you can't get away with uh, a, an 18% expected goals percentage out of your top line. You just can't. Um, so you you guys kind of hit the nail on the head there. Brian, I'll let you dive back into that comment from Rick Bonus. Um, do you have the quote or like, I think I remember it. I pulled you. Go ahead. Go ahead. So on, this was bonus's, uh, response to the top line, having all four goals, um, but also getting hemmed in at, you know, at all times, essentially. And rather than saying, yeah, we can't have this guy, uh, you know, these guys getting hemmed in like that. His response was, it's not just the three, three forwards. There's five of them out there. It's not just on the forwards. The D have to help them out a little bit too. I'm sorry. Like that is such a garbage comment. Like that is like, you cannot justify now several weeks of this top line being absolute garbage. Like look, just literally watch the game. Like Rick, I don't know if you've got an obscured viewpoint from the bench or something, uh, but there's, you can't blame the defenders when it's, doesn't matter who the pairing is out there. And 
I've seen some people saying that, well, it's, it's right. You know, the defenders have to be better there. I'm like, okay, um, let's, let's look at then uh, why maybe the defense can't break the puck out. Maybe it's because that line doesn't know how to transition properly. Kyle Connor cannot transition the puck. That is the, one of the biggest issues in his game. And what I cannot stand is when bonus stands up there, he takes the question about, what's wrong with the first line and he spins it to throw two defenders under the bus. <laughs> yeah. And there was the one shift uh, that they gave up the goal where they were in their own end for two minutes, Arizona scores. And I mean, he, he, he did call them out in a way uh, for that shift. He said, we're just all standing around stick checking. That's not good enough. That's not what we do. Um, but the defensemen on that shift were Morrissey and DeMello who have been fantastic this season. And get played over 22 minutes a night as a pairing. Like, I, I just don't see if that, if you took offense to that shift and you are are saying that it's not just the forwards, there's five guys on the ice. So are you like, I, I, I see where he's coming from. Like you can't just pin it on those, those three players. Like maybe Morrissey had an opportunity to get the puck out and failed fine. But Morrissey and DeMello have been fantastic this season too. And they have a track record of not losing all their minutes at five on five. The top line does. Like they, they've yep. lost all their minutes at five on five. That, that's a fact. Um, another stat I wanted to bring up on that exact same topic was their expected goals percentage altogether. So I, I said their last four games altogether in 113 minutes is 36.8%. That is the worst forward line that the Jets have iced this season for at least 50 minutes at five on five. That is the lowest like expected goals percentage of any line, any line, fourth line, um, second line when Perfetti and Ehlers were struggling still better. And, uh, it, it, it just is ridiculous. And again, you can't have this against top line. Great. They're producing, they're overcoming it. They're scoring on the power play. They're scoring in overtime. That's awesome. They're still winning. Like what games. happens though if the power against, play gets cold against again. a team like Dallas, again, against a team like Dallas, if you get shelled, if your top line who plays 20 minutes, it's a third of the game. If your top line who plays 20 minutes gets shelled. In all of those minutes, you're losing. Like that's such a tall hill to climb for your team to come back into it. Um, and we'll see. It's definitely something that I want to watch for going forward because um, the power play is no longer really a concern. Like they found something there for sure with Velarde, um, but the five on five play slipping, and it's largely because of that top line. So I don't know if we have anything else on this game or that line in general. If not. No, I'm seeing I'm seeing head uh, head shake. So let's take a break from DraftKings. We're going we're gonna to come back. We're going to preview the upcoming week for the Jets. They play St. Louis and Dallas uh, this week. One game at home, one game. And then they head on the road and have a back-to-back on the weekend. But let's hear from DraftKings, and we'll be back with our thoughts on the upcoming schedule, along with Gary Bettman visiting Winnipeg. We know hockey games move fast. But with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet $5 on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-QUADRUPLE-7. 
or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And welcome back into episode 70 of the Level Flight Podcast. Thank you once again to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. And Gary Bettman is coming to Winnipeg. Uh, we talked about the attendance, the reports, the concerns, our initial thoughts on Sunday on the LFP Live. Um, Brian and I held that one. But Gary Bettman's coming. He's doing the media at 5 p.m. Uh, for 15 minutes. That's all he's he's speaking with the media. And then at 5.30, I believe it is, he's doing a quote, fireside chat hosted by Sarah Orleski of the Jets. Um, fans will be able to attend. I believe it's just season ticket holders that can attend. I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't quote me on it. But fireside chat, they're taking questions from fans that you had to pre-submit. Um, and he's going to answer some questions that people may have. Basically, Gary Bettman's coming here to either... Well, we'll, we'll get into our predictions of what he's going to say to the media, what he's going to say to fans. Um, but Elliot, we never really got your thoughts on basically just the attendance. I mean, you threw some comments in the, in the LFP live, um, but the attendance reports, what were kind of your initial reactions when you saw that article came out and read Chipman's comments and, and things of that nature? I mean, it's kind of just like it was expected. You look at how they have marketed the organization and what they've done in terms of the direction they've taken. And it hasn't worked, obviously. Chipman said it himself, and it was correct. They weren't a very good service organization, and now they have to try to be a sales organization, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that either. So we're going to we're gonna see if this is a conversation where Gary Bettman is coming in and saying, well, you know, this team is run by a very, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, organization, whatever word he uses, but they need a little bit of help. Right. Like, I don't know if this is Bettman trying to say we're going to do everything we can to keep the team around. And so we're going to help the the we're going to help the Jets by maybe not giving them money, but like hooking them up with corporate sponsors and stuff like doing some sort of something like that. Because we know that as much as the some of the local reporters have taken it this way and a lot of the fans have taken it this way, they think that fan support is just your casual average Joe fan that buys season tickets or buys tickets to games. Connor, you said it on the show. They're by the people buying tickets before the game or just single game tickets is not a problem. For the most part, I would even say that I would even say that uh season tickets have not really been a problem. What the problem is with this organization right now is they don't have enough corporate sponsorship. Mm-hmm. They don't have enough corporate money coming in in terms of season tickets because that contributes and I think just them having sponsors in general being able to supplement their income. We know, I think I was talking to a couple of people and um, some, we were kind of in the agreement that this organization, I think is still a net positive and they're still bringing in money, but I think it's not to the level that the NHL wants it to be. Right. I, I don't, that, yeah. I, I don't think it's, I, I think there's some sort I think of last year. Yes. Hitting. I don't think this year. I don't think this year when they were like, they probably took huge losses the nights that they had 11,000 11, people in that building. Like, 
They're a cap team. They're spending 80, 85 million on this team in, in salary cap. It's not like they're the Arizona Coyotes and they're only spending 60 million on their, on their players. They're paying their players in USD. Um, and they, they bought the organization for 170 million. I think it's 700 million now. So like they've, they've, they've been fine. They've made a profit. Um, but I think this season I'm, I, again, I don't have the numbers, but none of us, 100%, do, but no. I'm sure they're losing money this year. I'm sure they're, lo- I'm, but to, to my point and Brian, Brian also has made this comment multiple times. They have one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest Canadians mm-hmm. in, in their like back pocket. To be quite frank, this should not – I don't think this chat is about – I think this may be about attendance issues and about getting corporate sponsorship and that sort of case. I don't think this has anything to do with the casual fan or fan interest or anything like that. Obviously, we saw the Jets had issues with that to begin the year, but as soon as they started winning and they showed that they are trying to win, people have flooded the building. So I don't think – that I think yeah. this has to do with a different picture than what people think it is. There's a lot of reporters that think this is on – the fans themselves only. And I just don't think that that is the picture that is being drawn. Yeah. And, and that's fair. And I I think the, the corporate sponsorships is a clear need and a clear spot that people realize like they only have 10%. I believe the number is the the number everywhere else in Canada is 45% or higher, um, et cetera, et cetera. We, we, Brian and I's Mm. thoughts are, we're on Sunday's episode for that. Um, For me, now, Brian, I'll get your thoughts next. But for me, the biggest thing going into this 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 next day, these next twenty four hours, the fireside chat, the media, we brought we bring up David Thompson all the time. The, the Jets are backed by the wealthiest man in Canada. I mean, again, I'm, I've said this a couple times now. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know how many billions he's worth. Um, but one of the wealthiest people in North America, etc. The biggest question for me. Um, and, and obviously right now it's a no given how they're currently rolling. But if David Thompson were to ever back out or is, would true North be able to supplement and, and run the jets here, um, without taking massive, massive losses. And again, David Thompson, one of the wealthiest people in North America, um, didn't get where he was taking massive losses either. Right. So if they're if they're at a massive loss, and maybe this is why they're trying to get ahead of this problem, what if David Thompson backed out and said, "You know what? I don't want to lose twenty million dollars every year on this investment." So see ya. And then, well, can True North like are they fine? Are they able to keep the Jets here? Um, I don't know. I think that's the. I don't know if that question gets asked because um, I don't know if we're there yet. I think the mo- the more important problem is the corporate sponsors getting people to rebuy into the team. I don't think David Thompson is, uh, is anywhere near backing out again after two down years after a pandemic, um, especially when the value of the franchise went way up. Right. Um, but I think that's the biggest looming question. I don't know if that's a pressing question, but that's the biggest kind of concern for me is like, what if that ever happened then could like maybe true North could, um, if they got back to 13,000 and David Thompson ever backed out, they could probably run the Jets here just fine and still make a profit and be okay. Um, but obviously it helps when you're backed by one of the most um, wealthiest people in North America. Brian, what are you looking for over the next 24 hours? Is there anything you think Gary Bettman might say? Um, I I don't know if, if he's really just going to deflect, 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 or if he's going to really give us some answers as to why he's here. 
um, or reassure the fan base saying like, Hey, you got nothing to worry about. We just need your support. Um, I'm going to be really boring with my answer. I'm just looking for something that doesn't line up with what Chipman said in the, his sort of concerns thing with Chris Johnson, where mm-hmm. I feel like you're just going to get essentially an echoing of the, you know, this can't work long-term. If we don't get this up, we got to get this up. We got to get these numbers up. And mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that it's just going to be a lot of that, but I, I feel like it is also going to be similar to what Chipman was saying earlier with his talk with Drager, where it's like, no, we're, we're dedicated to, you know, the long-term success of hockey in Winnipeg. I think it's going to be a very, very boring fireside chat. I don't think there's anything big coming out of this. Um, I'm, but I'm looking for things that don't necessarily jive with the exact same sentiment that Chipman put out there earlier this week. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, another, like I a hundred percent agree with you. That's definitely something to watch for. And the corporate sponsors, we've talked about that. I think Batman can help with that. You know, like corporations, um, powerful people can sway powerful people to buy season tickets for the Winnipeg Jets. Like, I just think that that's something that could happen. Um, so what I'm, what I'm interested to see with the fireside chat specifically is like, is he basically just going to sit up there and have like a heart to heart with the fans? Like what kind of questions is he going to be answering here? Or is he going to basically be talking through Sarah Orleski to corporations? And is he going to do like this big act of like reassuring, like, Hey, um you're fine here like you're good to buy season tickets back like true north admitted and mark chipman admitted like hey they haven't been the best service organization and we want to welcome you back into canada life center or is he really going to have a heart to heart with fans be like hey this won't work and we need your help and we we want this to work here and these are all the things we're doing to make it work here like will there be a plan of action that comes out of this i don't know these are the things i'm watching for um do you guys have any more thoughts on, on Batman in general? I mean, what, what are we looking for now? Elliot? I, I think the only thing I'm looking for is any sort of like Brian is Brian thinks that there's going to be not, like not too much comes out of this. He's going to be kind of bland, which is fair. That's kind of who he is. I, I totally actually, yeah. I can totally see it. I do hope. And I know I've brought different sports up, but I think, and I'm going to say this, and I know we cover a Jets podcast, the best commissioner in all of sports is Adam Silver. But the reason why that is, is because he's candid and he is honest with people. And I think Bettman, I think in this case, needs to be honest about what's going on. He needs, he, as, he may not have to tell the whole story, but he should give us a general picture of one, why he's here. And two, what is his plan depending on what he's, like what is going on, Right. And if that's as vague as if it's a very vague of like, oh, we're a little concerned and, you know, I'm just here to see what's going on and maybe I can give some help. Like if that if that is his general statement, then that's great. I will take that and say this has been a successful. (laughs) This is a successful meeting with Gary Bettman and this fireside chat and, you know, applaud to him that he gave us at least a little bit of something. As long as there's something there that he is being honest with us about what is going on whether that whatever reason why he's here and if he gives some sort of answer about what his plan is or what the league office's plan is and what true north's plan is at least even a little vague statement i don't care that that'll be enough for me because i just don't want him to go up there and just say oh yeah the team's not moving and comment 
And the fire such a, oh, nope, you don't have anything to worry about, fans. Don't worry about it. And he is like, very, and why? And if somebody asks, and Sarah will actually pick this question and say, oh, why are you here? Oh, you know, I'm just doing my rounds for the year and uh, just checking out yeah, all the teeth. Like, I, I, I don't want to hear that. Um, if I hear that, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be mad. Because well, I wanted to you make I a huge to... big deal about that. If you're not doing, if if that's just what you're doing or doing, then I'm going to be mad personally. I wanted to make a comment on that because I've seen that as a as a response online. People just go, "Oh, well, Gary Bettman's coming, but he goes to every team throughout the year. So, like, what's different? He goes to every team. A, he doesn't hold media press conferences, and B, no. he definitely doesn't hold a fireside chat with fans inside the arena." Uh, before a game like especially on the heels of an article coming out with attendance concerns like that this is so contextually different than him going to vegas and being on the strip for a week and being like hey <laughs> this expansion was a huge success guys thanks like this is so different than that and i i've just seen that as a common response so i wanted to say like yeah he goes everywhere but he doesn't do this everywhere um, so but but if he does say that, I'm going to be mad. That's all I'm saying. If 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 right, that is which, what I don't he think comes he out, will. I don't think I so. Think. But if he makes a comment, some sort something like that, then I'll say, well, then there was no point in holding a media press conference and doing this fireside chat. What was the point of that? Because the yeah, whole point I of this should we'll be get, to give some clarity. I think we'll get some clarity for sure. Um, we'll be back Wednesday to break it all down. Uh, or Wednesday we'll be recording. We'll be back Thursday. Uh, in your podcast feed to break it all down, seeing what Gary Bettman says. And we'll be breaking down the Jets and Blues game that goes on right after that fireside chat and the media press conference with Gary Bettman. So tune back in Thursday. That should be a fun episode. Um, lots of thoughts to come out of this weekend. Thank you for listening to episode 70. Um, another milestone. And as Brian said, right off the top, a thousand downloads this month. Uh, thank you everyone for listening we we couldn't do it without your support and we're really loving this new content schedule and uh, it seems like you are too so we really appreciate it and we can't wait to get back to the lfp live once again this sunday but before that tune in thursday um, from brian elliott and i thank you everyone for listening to episode 70 of the level flight podcast and we will see you thursday you're listening to the level flight podcast on the hockey podcast network